What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome gang, you're listening to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in, it's awesome for your, uh, awesome to have your company today. We have an excellent show, uh, before we get there however, a uh, quick um, uh, rundown of the Blue in Green podcast. These are shows that run in conjunction with the online internet radio station uh, Blue in Green Radio. We're a station that focuses on soul, jazz, funk, hip-hop, Latin music, new soul, etc. And uh, we'd love for you to check us out. You can check us out at blueandgreenradio.com um, for our 24-7 and continuous non-stop stream uh, of awesome music from presenters from all across the world. And we're going to be talking to one of the absolute elite uh, on today's show, our our monthly residency with the incredible uh, DJ Ronnie Ron, uh, who uh, is the creator of our Ride the Vibe shows, which air on a Monday's uh, UK time, 7 p.m. Uh, on a Monday evening UK time. So please check that out if you have yet to do so. Uh, we, Rhonda and I, uh, Rhonda's based in uh, San Jose, California. Uh, I'm in London, UK. We connect every month and we kind of blitz different um, topics and themes and things that are on our mind musically. And uh, these are an absolute pleasure. Uh, to do so, uh, the, today's episode is is a particularly uh, it's a particularly special one. I think it's uh, it's kind of a really interesting conversation that we have. And so uh, the conversation on today's show focuses on a Wired.com story. Um, you can find it online. Uh, it, it's the the title of it is DJs of the Future Don't Spin Records, They Write Code. Uh, so you're more than welcome, obviously, to to check that out. Um, perhaps in pausing this for a moment to kind of catch up on that article and see what the basis of our conversation uh, is. This is something uh, Rhonda uh, pitched and picked, and uh, it's yeah, it's a very very cool conversation. It's a coolest conversation to discuss uh, continually emerging trends uh, in, uh, in 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 DJing in, in music. It's uh, I kind of look at this episode as something of a companion piece to a previous episode of the Blue and Green podcast that I recorded with our very good friend Dennis Jose Francois, uh, episode 10. It kind of continues that discussion of how we consume music as fans. And I think this is a great extension of that conversation. So yeah, I'm very excited about it. I hope you will enjoy it. Another quick addendum to today's show, we were about to, when we start talking, we, uh, Rhonda and I address uh, a, a previous show, um, which was episode 11, I'm just running through episodes, uh, which was episode 11, it was our dedication to Prince, or oh, the music of Prince, and we had that one um, a couple of months, a month ago. Uh, April, beg your pardon, uh, edit in April, so that's what we're discussing at the beginning, just in case that wasn't clear, and I'd urge you to check it out if you're a Prince fan, because it's really a show for the diehards, I think, it's, uh, it's really, really quality listen, I hope you enjoy it, as I will hope you'll enjoy this one, uh, each episode of the Blue in Green podcast features two songs, the first is uh, I Have the Luxury of Picking, and the second is the selection of our guest, and Rhonda's got a, a fantastic one. Uh, to close the show, very very poignant one uh, uh, for our conversation. I'm going to pick something as well. This has probably been the hardest song to pick because I kind of like to pick a song of either relevance to the topic or relevance to uh, the guest. I think I've kind of got a song that sort of sits in between both. Uh, as we said, this is a conversation that we talk about a decades-old tradition of DJs and how those trends are, are continually changing and evolving. So I kind of thought, well, for a song, uh, let's pick a song that sort of is the embodiment of that that change and that transformation. So the song I've picked uh, is a song that will be familiar, I imagine, to everyone listening to this. It's Stevie Wonder's Uptight, but we're going to play a contemporary remix by um, one of my favourite 
uh, DJs and producers Freddie Joe Chim. So we're going to play his remix of Stevie Wonder's Uptight, and I think it's kind of a cool way to embody our very conversation. So I hope you'll agree. So we'll play that in moments. I'm uh, going to pre- press play on that in moments. Uh, before I do, quick reminder, please check us out at blueingreenradio.com. These podcasts uh, run on the first, second, and third of every month, and um, I'm thoroughly enjoying them. We connect with people from all over the world. It's just an absolute pleasure, and um, we've had some lovely feedback, so I hope you guys will continue to check these out. Um, um, you can catch the full list of our podcasts on the Blue and Green Radio website as well. Uh, if you hit the podcast tab and enjoy the programming as well thanks very much friends uh stevie wonder freddie jochim up right now and then we'll go to san jose california for the fantastic ronda till next time friends hope you enjoy the show So thank you so much for our last chat. That went brilliantly. I was so happy with the final uh, result, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It was it was delightful. Um, it was it was good just to get together and have that much needed discussion. I think between us, um, as well as uh, for those who were listening. Um, but I know we've been kind of dancing around talking about Prince for the longest time. I know. Doing so now a little bit, but um, it's good to be able to share um, a mutual love for for someone of his um, stature, or let's say impact on music. Mm. And it's um, it was fun to just go back and go through that and. And even my prep for our conversation, going back and just listening to his music, I think that part of it, he would really enjoy even, him, even himself, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was fun. 
It was, and like we said, it always sort of uh, all of our chats thus far. This is our fourth uh, show, which is very cool. I know. Uh, all of our chats thus far have always lent, to, uh, have always sort of have taken us to, towards Prince territory. And I'm kind of thinking, apart from us talking now about it, this show's probably not going to take us anywhere near there, which is a very interesting uh, topic. Yeah, well, I felt you know. Let's let's see where we can push ourselves now. It's going to really be fun. <laughs> yeah, it, well, this is kind of yeah. I'm. It's all that's it, what you sent. Well, actually, I'll hand over to you if I may. You sent over a link um, uh, for an article called "DJs of the Future Don't Spin Records; They Write Code." So, why was this of particular interest? Would you say? Um, well, it caught my eye because. I just wanted to see, you know, um, what the story was about. You know, the fact that they were talking about DJs of the future. I just wanted to see, you know, where they're going, where what's to come, and not spinning records. Well, we we kind of don't do that much now. But the whole writing the code thing was what drew mm-hmm. me in to try and look at this this article, and just then say, okay, if that's the future, how do we go from here to there? And we're kind of, I guess I've been researching this a little more. There are parties that do this, right? Where people are, instead of uh, mixing, you know, uh, albums or CDs, um, they're writing code to make their music. And it, it was just an interesting thing to try and think about and what a party looks like and what the participants are doing, right? Yeah, the or the article says they all I don't know if any of them are actually dancing. They all seem right. fixated on the giant screen uh, where the code is being uh displayed, which is Right. It's just yeah, it is incredible. I mean, this is all completely new to me. So I I read this with with sort of with interest, but at the same time I I'm, you know, hugely behind, I think, in sort of emerging technologies. But where, where do you stand, oh, I guess, going back to the beginning, where, where do you kind of stand? So if you, you're out for an evening or something and you see the DJ, if he's spinning uh, between two uh, turntables, are you like, yes, that's the person I kind of resonate with? Or if he's got the laptop, if he or she have the laptop open, are you thinking, yeah, that's the way of the future? Um. Okay, so that's interesting the way you you know, you position that, right? Um, we're familiar with uh, the turntables and even CDRs. So I'm not so hardcore that you have to just have vinyl. All right, we'll start out like, like mm-hmm. that, even though that's the history of it. Part of me, in terms of portability, if you're going to go to a a party as a DJ, the idea of coming with USB uh, sticks appeals to me greatly versus trying to cr- uh, lug around crates, right? But this thing where you're writing code versus making the music, and part of me is this is where I'm going to say because you know even now if you have a software, you can mix with your laptop with um, turntables or with CDRs, right? With Serato uh, being the most popular. So there's that blend there, right? That's how they start really coming together. And then now this, I guess, is saying you can go completely with um, your laptop, but not just mixing music, but writing code to make it, right? I haven't played with this, so I don't know enough about it in terms of the software itself. But you, you hint on what I was looking at when I first started reading this article was that the participants they were standing watching them write code and that to me is like so foreign when it comes in terms of um, being at a party with a dj and um where is the i don't want to say it's sterile because i think that the whatever they're doing i think that these creators are are doing you know something really new but my idea of a party it's completely different than this. Mm. So <laughs> it, it seems a little sterile to me, to be honest, right? Because if I'm so busy looking at the laptop, writing this code, and I'm not paying attention, um, 
to the people who came here to party, I could be sitting at home doing this, right? Um, mm. That that's the the aspect, you know. And you know me, I'm biased because I'm part of the bottom crew, you know. Um, I want to make you move and dance, and so I don't. Mm. If you're busy looking at what I'm putting up on the screen, I'm having, you know, I mean, I, I guess I need to see this live, but it's a little sterile to me at this point. I actually, I, I don't think I understand what writing code kind of entails. They're creating new music as well as playing. There's like, is it that kind of blurring of the lines of the boundaries between like producing and DJing and playing live? Yeah, yeah. And see, I probably will have to try and, and search this on YouTube and we can have a deeper discussion. Hopefully we can find something um, so we don't just look like, you just read one article. You don't even know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's this one article that drew me into this anyway, and then I shared it with you and now we're having this talk. So it's mm. doing what it's supposed to do, and that's provoke us to be interested. I don't know. I mean... Oh, th- but I'll ask you. I was we're we're, we're walking through this. Um, are you a, a like a vinyl head? Are you you more? No. Do you know what? It's funny because we, we we had a really uh, recent show uh, where I spoke to uh, a very old buddy of mine who uh, called Dennis uh, Jose Francois, and he is uh-huh. uh, he's done everything. Like he's he's the master of all kind of. Uh, media he's been a podcaster he had a radio station he's been he's used to be a dj and we had a conversation uh which i thought elements of that would lead into this there were things i wanted to ask you about sort of stemming from that show okay Um, but we he he was really interested about how people consume music so in Mm. terms of he and like obviously like lots of you know, uh, he, he knew a lot of people that were sort of vinyl junkies. Um, but obviously the the trend for consuming new music now is heavily into streaming. Mm-hmm. People are on Spotify, which I, I wasn't surprised. Mm. I think he had done like a short survey of people he worked with and Spotify ranked quite high amongst the people that he spoke to. Um, but no, for me, I like I've got like, it's really funny because no, I'm not a vinyl uh, uh, guy at all. I, it's just kind of down to when I got into music and what was the most easily accessible form of media and for me it was CDs okay and I I said in that show to Dennis that if you say to someone or if someone says to you like I'm a vinyl head there's instant credibility and people instantly say oh yeah I respect you if you say to someone you download People say, yep, fine, that makes the most sense. If you say you illegally download, they say, that's fine, yeah, why pay for it? If you say you stream, people say, sure, that makes sense. If you tell them you buy CDs, they laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> like, for some reason, it is the bottom of the barrel in terms of credibility. For some reason, no one can comprehend that I buy CDs. Oh, they're kind of just mm. brushing over that genre, right? Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like they treat it like like we talked about, I think, on our last show or the show before about mini discs. They treat it like who buys CDs? Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Is, yeah, that yeah, is which bad. Which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's just and it's weird because it kind of, I, I get mildly obsessive with the music that I, well, that I like, that I love, that I listen mm-hmm. to. So if I'm sent an MP3s, a series of MP3s for an album uh, to review or, for you know, for, for radio or whatever, if I love the album, I'm going to go and buy the CD. Like okay. if I really love it, I'll buy the CD because I'm, I guess I'm, I'm mildly obsessive in, in how I consume music. And I wish I wasn't because I wish I could just say, great, I got an album for free on MP3 but I will go and buy the album if I really, really like. And the artist appreciates it. Yeah, you know. I hope so, yeah, they should. (laughs) A little bit. But I know you have a huge attachment to vinyl being the primary source of music that you grew up with and your uncle's record collection as well, if I remember correctly, right? Um, um, My my uncle, my mom, uh, my cousin. So it kind of blurs for me because... You know, I kind of went through all of this, right? Meaning records, cassettes, uh, CDs, um, transitioning to streaming. So, I mean, we're literally watching, again, music and our consumption and our presentation distribution, 
right? That's the word right there I was looking for. It's changing right before our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually have a huge CD collection, so I won't leave you hanging like that. I, I still have Yay. them. I don't, <laughs> I don't buy them in the the way that I used to. I used to really, mm-hmm. I mean, I could walk into a record store and walk out with like a bag of CDs, wow. and and so, um, getting or changing to MP3s. I don't buy them as much anymore. Um, when you're talking about storing and things like that, it's it's a lot easier for me to have it already in MP3 format, especially when I make my mm. my mixtapes. Right. Um, but uh, I'm still rooting for us. We there's something too about having <laughs> CDs, you know, because you miss the liner yeah, I, notes and stuff. Because there's something like that exactly. which you got when you came from let's say vinyl and you transition to streaming. Now people who are into it now, they don't really care about those things, but those of us that there is something to knowing like what was, who, who, who helped put it together with the artist. Right. And uh, I think they're, they're losing some of that, but maybe they don't know to miss it. So that's a, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always that I've always, you know, since, I don't know, the 90s, you know, I get a CD and I open up the inlay card and I go through it. And yeah, I, I, you know, as I'm flicking through the CD, I'm still, I'm looking at the production credits, who played bass, who played, you know, who helped co-write it, et cetera, right. et cetera, on whatever album it is. And I'll always do that. And um, yeah, so that's as a process is something that I love and I, I, I'll always enjoy that, you know, so it's, it's, it's different when it's, I don't know if it's just say mp3s and everything so I sometimes I'm happy if uh you know if an album if an artist doesn't release a cd version they only release uh sort of the mp3 version of the album sometimes I can be a bit almost disappointed about it but you know yeah and you you bring up a a good point about that about the method in which they distribute or you know give it to us to access uh because you can be into having your MP3s and we convert it, but we know um, the 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 sound quality is changed unless you get a um, uh, a three twenty k. I'm like, what? When you stream, I don't know like what level of quality is that music right from the the actual production of what we're listening to. Right when you have a CD, you know you had to get a wave mm. quality of that sound. Right. Um, right. And I think only purists who get into like that aspect of the sound quality of what you have in your hands. Um, Cause most people are just, oh, I just want to have, I just want to hear it and just keep moving. Right. And so you can get away with 128 or something like that, but you're paying and, and correct me. And I have no idea. Like they don't charge like, Oh, if you want this quality, you get this price. And if you get this quality, you get that, you know? So Mm. We could theoretically be getting charged for a lower quality MP3 and not know or care, uh, but it does yeah. help on the back end in terms of of what they have to to offer to us to, that's considered acceptable listening. Um, which you know, that's not, I'm still trying to help you, you know, build the case for CDs, but. Um, <laughs> I I don't I don't actually mix live, so I do it for me, and I and I and I upload them and release them, so they're in MP3 format. But yeah, if I want you were s- to, uh huh. If you were to, how is it? You would you would do so via like uh, uh, the laptop and USB and, and mix them MP3 wise. Is that how, that's how you would do it? I guess. Or if you were playing out, would it be like no, no, we've got to do this old fashioned <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, oh no! If I if I were to mix, I, I'm I'm part of the USB crowd. I don't really want the laptop per se. I want mm. to like have my music on USB and then plug into, let's say CD CDRs where they can because they can right. take the USB format. Because then I'm forced to know my music, know how to blend it, and and then I can pay attention to the crowd, the audience, right? Yeah. Because what I don't want is to be 
looking at my laptop, I, I guess I, what I don't want is to miss out of the connection. Because if I'm going to be live, then I should be interacting with the crowd. If I don't right. care about that, then I, I can do what I do. I can sit at home. I, I can then look at my laptop and be, you know, anal retentive about making sure everything blends together and perfect. Because it's only me at that moment that I am um, trying to um, get feedback or response from. Right. But if I'm going to be out with somebody, then that somebody should, you know, I'm, I should be wanting to interact with them. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of where I really, um, that's what I prefer for me is that you, you get into the music and you get into the crowd because it's their energy that you should be getting uh, um, feedback from or interaction with. If they're just standing there looking at you, and and the and yeah. the DJs aren't even looking at their audience. They're too busy writing code, which you have to do, right? <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, hmm, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, but I it is know. it is strange, though, isn't it? Because I mean, just from what the article says, it's it's almost like it's well, it's it's an amalgamation of everything, isn't it? So they're not specifically there as a DJ to play music right. that you may know or may not know. They're they're creating new music it's a, it, in its own way it's a performance there's uh, um, I, I imagine you know uh, Mark de Clive Lowe he um, yeah. he has a, a jazz trio um, a, and he you know he, he does jazz projects as much as he does say soulful house and new soul stuff but what mm -hmm. he does which is something that blows my mind is that you know he'll be part of a jazz trio playing live and he's a pianist and but what he'll do is he'll sample the them while they're mm. playing and then incorporate that into his live into the live show he'll just sort of like i don't know what software or, or what he's using to do that but with which that just blows my mind that he could be playing and then record them and then sample it and make almost like a fourth person on stage who's who's creating a whole new dimension to to what you know, people are seeing, which is incredible. And I, yes. Um, now it's a mixing of live music, right? Which mm. I don't really want us to lose um, a connection to. Um, I guess it's also, there still has, I, I don't know. I'd have to see and perform with the audience. Cause that part for me is what I'm really right. trying to hope that we, still keep a connection with right because it's like um i think it's amazing and sampling i mean the fact that he can do it and 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 just yeah. on the spot do it that's incredible it sounds it? incredible right um and that to me i mean because he's still interacting with somebody it's not like i'm just standing here yeah yeah go to blah 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 rule line 10 and i'm being you know and i shouldn't be flip about this because i know it's a skill to do this um and I, I work in the computer sector too. So there's some of this, I understand the, like the great things you can do with computers. I just hope we don't get so impersonal bull about it that we miss out on the connection you get with music. So may I ask, why have you never embraced the uh, art form of performing live when you'd be no doubt fantastic at it? Um, just it, I've always I just never pursued it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have the dream of doing it? Just that I mean, just where you kind of sit and you think I could do that. I'd be awesome at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I've done a, a party or two, but I just haven't. It's not been my focus. That's that's I guess what I'm. Mm. I'm, you know, time. To do it and it to do it right, it's its own craft, it's its own skill, yeah, to do that. And you really got to put in the time to do it. And I guess I just I haven't done it. I mean, every once in a while, I'll, I'll see a DJ doing that, and I because I like there's certain DJs I like watching perform, and so you get that itch, but 
I just haven't said, yeah, let me go out and do that. But who knows? You know, I, I didn't think I'd be having a podcast conversation either. And that's been happening. So <laughs> I've been getting a kick out of that. So who knows where this is going? Yeah, on. brilliant. <laughs> Was there ever a, a who, can you think of any, uh, the names of any sort of DJs that you saw perform live and, and thought, oh my gosh, like, I, I, for me, it was, I saw DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, at oh. the Jazz Cafe. Oh, okay. that, that was, uh, I mean, that was, it was around about the time his first solo album came out, uh, The Magnificent on, uh, BBE Records. And he came over, he had a full band in the Jazz Cafe. He had, um, Eric Robeson was there. He had uh, oh. a rapper called Chef Word who appeared on a couple of tracks on the album. It was like an entire team of people, but and everyone was. It was a fantastic night. It was an amazing night of music. But the single moment when you know people lost their minds were he was just in the background, you know, playing his part and you know doing stuff. And then he, everyone left the stage, and Jazzy Jeff said, "Can I have a go now?" And everyone cheered, and he played. He just, he just went behind the decks for I don't know maybe an hour uh, 40 minutes or so and I had never looked at DJing as an art form until that moment this is very early 2000s okay and uh, it, I had never seen anything like it and I just the place like he completely owned the crowd and it was this incredible ability of he put songs in that people would never have danced to but oh. they were dancing to stuff that they were like but it just you know, it's that ability to make people embrace something they never would have embraced because you've played it at the specifically the right time and you've completely won them over. And it was it was magic. They people almost like huffed when the band came back. <laughs> because <laughs> he was that incredible and I've never seen anything like it. It was really amazing. So if you ever get the chance and DJ Jazzy Jeff, and you know, he's a great name for this conversation because he's someone who continually, you would think he'd be rooted in the two, the two turntables approach, but he fully embraces new technologies and ways of, of, of presenting uh, his kind of music and, and how he, how he performs live as well. Um, uh, It's interesting. You mentioned him because I, I had seen him think his episode, um, I think it's the boiling room uh, that they streamed on YouTube. And he does that, but see where he does exactly what you described, right? Where he just, he knows when to bring in music to keeps the party moving and everybody, he gets everybody infused, right? So you get caught up and it, and, and he, he'll know when to bring in something that's unique that you may not know with something that you are familiar with. And then everybody gets in and it's their energy and everybody's in it and they're dancing and they're having a good time with it. Right. And you look around and like you said, it was like 40 minutes. So that's 40 minutes of getting you caught up and you're watching him, but you're also caught up in the music and the movement and everything that he's doing. And he's masterful at, at making um, different songs come together in a way, yeah. right? That you're just like, oh. And just like you said, I, I wouldn't have thought that went together, but it does. And you're like, wow, that's cool. And, and still, you're caught up in it, right? And you're like, what's he going to do next? And I, I actually, I love that. I think, well, I snatched that off the, the YouTube place because I wanted it. But, um, <laughs> uh, and that really goes with knowing music, um knowing oh um one of um my dj mentors he's really into house um he's like you could take the same crate and this is it's old school crate right but two djs could take the same crate of music and come up with two different ways of presenting it to you it's just about their feel with the music and the more you know music and how to bring things in and how to add it. And, and even like he knows, cause he's, this is what he does. So when he starts, he gets a vibe from, from the audience, what I can do, what I can get. Right. And if it lulls down, oh, okay, I'm going to draw you back in and, and I'm not that good. So that's probably the other reason why I'm like, mm, I can do it. I'm, I'm going to stay in my lane right now till I give more, <laughs> To this craft because if I'm up there for 40 minutes I want to be able to say oh okay I picked something 
and you, you're not really feeling that count. Can I bring in something that I think you will be feeling right? And um, it's a skill. It really is a skill, and yeah. it's it's ah, uh, it's nice. But it's the confidence um, as well, isn't yes. it? To to play something that you know is the right thing to do. You don't know what that whether it'll be embraced, but it's almost right. like I know that this works, and now you have to figure out that it does, <laughs> or <laughs> even if you don't at first, right? It's you know, as opposed to just shying away from it or playing safe. You know, it's. Yeah, he he was someone for me that just completely demonstrated what an art form it was. And this anyone that ever says DJing is just going up and playing records, you know, you've never seen him. Oh, you don't just you, know, put, you don't just it. make a uh, a playlist and just play that. That's not it. They love requests. Yeah, go go just go yeah. into ask him what you want. <laughs> have oh it. well, that happens. <laughs> yeah, that could be. <laughs> well, that's tricky too, right? Because. Um, people think you have everything in the world and, and we as DJs yeah. try and have everything in the world. So it's kind of, it's like, a, Oh, I don't have that track. Uh, okay. Now, if you're connected to the internet, you may be able to get that track on the fly and right. then bring it in, which is one aspect that, um, that having a laptop would, would, uh, be beneficial. Cause, um, you're always going to have that one where they're like, oh, oh, that was so great, but um, could you play blah, 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 blah? And if you didn't bring blah, 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 you're like, uh, you know, and you just don't kind of want to, how could you not? Not like that track. I'm like, it's not that I didn't like it. It just didn't prepare for you. So that's fine. Okay. I'm going to recover. Okay. <laughs> right? Because you're, you're going to have that. But... um Ah, there is something to what we do and, and the way we love music, that that's our, it's our shtick, right? You are into music yourself because you love music. And every, every chance you get, I guess you're getting the CD. So CD lovers around the world, let's unite. But um, <laughs> There are so few of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, based on the price, yes, I do know, because now they're going through well, the roof again to get them, right? Oh, like, wow. yeah. Do you know the weirdest thing is that I'm seeing like a lot of like independent labels and artists, like on Bandcamp specifically, mm. but they'll be releasing like an album, like you have vinyl, which is as pre prevalent as say the MP3s, but they'll be releasing on cassette tapes as well. What? They're bringing cassette back? Really, oh. they, well, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I feel like I'd love to reach out to certain labels and say, you've released this on cassette. Why? Like, is there a market for it? Or you're doing it for the nostalgia aspect? Or is it like a, a collector's item in its own way? Like, what is it? Like, why? 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 Like, they actually won't have CDs of certain things. It will be cassettes and digital or cassette, digital and vinyl. And I, it kind of blows my mind that, you know, cassettes, and sometimes they'll release such a limited edition of it, it will be sold out. And it's like, well, who who bought it? And what the hell are they playing it on? You know, wow. like, who who still has a cassette player? It's amazing, isn't it? I Well, okay, I still have a cassette player, I just don't use it for that. Um, I... Uh... Yeah, I have one, it's locked away. Yeah, <laughs> but it's... No, 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 I mean, in storage, in storage. No, no, like, no, 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 I it's... got it. <laughs> No, but <laughs> no. I mean, I still, I still have it in my car, but I don't play cassettes. Oh, right. I have it yeah. where it can hook into my digital music, and I play it that way, so it goes to my car. Right. But I and I used to have cassettes, but I'm not trying to go back to that medium. I know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If people, if you're out there, let us know why you're still buying cassette because that. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> surprising one. I mean, they'll be doing stuff on mini disc again soon. That'll be like oh, I, I only bought mini disc though to record. I didn't really do it to buy oh, okay. music. Well, I got it as a gift, and I think just as mini discs were sort of on the way out, so I I, I think I converted a bunch of stuff I had on CD to mini disc. Okay. So I don't. I never bought an album on mini disc, but I had a mini disc. Okay. Player. Oh, that's good. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Like when it was big, it was really big in Japan. It didn't really pick up, I think, elsewhere like it did in Japan. It was really, really right uh, big then. Um, and for me, I did have 
um, mini disc decks, but all of that was so I could transfer mini disc to CD the other way, right? So that I could listen to it in my car um, because I have a, a CD player still. But I think like cars going forward, they're transitioning to streaming and they're transitioning to digital format, right? So I, I'm mm, surprised yes. about this cassette thing because I think in the future it's going to be digital. And I don't know if they wanted on you to have it on CD format anymore because that that's a, a cost to them versus streaming to you, right? Um, well, yeah, I'm actually. I I'm, I guess I'm still surprised that like big name. Well, I don't know who what what would be more logical. I mean, like, the fact that you could still get a big name artist that would release an album on CD. I suppose people will still buy it if it's. You know, like I said, a big name artist mm -hmm. like Beyonce or U2 or whatever, people are still going to buy it, a, a large amount of people. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's sort of an interesting one, isn't it, in terms of would, you know, if you're an independent artist, it would be interesting to know what your sales are, you know, in terms of the amount, the cost of making them compared to how much you would manage to get rid of. That would be kind of interesting as well. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm relieved they do it, obviously, because I get to buy them. But... <laughs> Yes. But yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Um, because I know like Spotify is really big with people now, right? Um and I, I'm surprised Spotify is kicking is as popular as it is in comparison to Apple. So that little fight between these two going forward is going to be right. really, really interesting. I, I haven't lived without CD, so I don't know what it's like to say I just can do Spotify and just be happy. I actually need an MP3 myself. So um, it's interesting times. Is, for is it that ownership aspect of it? Is it as well? For or me, is it, yeah. Because obviously you yeah. need them for DJing. If you're going to create shows, you obviously can't do that f through streaming. I don't think you can anyway. But obviously yeah. if you had your MP3s, then you're able to create the shows and mixes, et cetera, that you can. But right. if if you took that element out of it, is it still, you would still want the MP3s of songs and albums that you want? Or would you be happy to give it all up to streaming? Me personally, no. <laughs> mm. No. Um, and it's, um, it's interesting for me. Um, what's his name? Scott McNeely, I think, the CEO of Sun. And I'm dating myself now. But at the time, he was actually <laughs> ahead of his time when he said that the network was the, the computer, right? Because this is before people would um, store things in the cloud. I think or the cloud is the network or something to that. I have to go back. I should have prepped. I didn't know we'd be talking about this. Um, <laughs> he was ahead of his time in terms of having the cloud have your data right that you wouldn't want to have you wouldn't the need to have your own personal could be given right. up to that and which was i was hardcore against any of that i like having my ownership i like having my mp3s i mean even for me i there there are dj sites that i subscribe to so i can have my my music for for house music so I have yet to decide to give any of that up because I still want the ownership of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm old school in that regard. But now from your point of view, um, could you live without CDs? Well, I don't know how to answer. I mean, it's a sort of to go to, if, if you if you mean give myself sort of all for streaming, mm -hmm. I honestly don't think so because I, I don't think everything I, because I like really sort of, I, I, I've never sat down and tried to explore the catalogue of, say, Spotify or or any of the other places. So I'm not sure if because I'll buy a lot of independent stuff on Bandcamp. So mm. I, I don't know if all of that is there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not sure how extensive. I know. I imagine it's in the artist's best interest to whoever you are. If you've just recorded a, a song in your kitchen that you want people to hear, then you're going to have to get it on those sites. Right. So, um, which isn't by any means impossible to do so. You don't need like an agent. You don't need to pay thousands of pounds or dollars to have it there. So 
it's clearly within your best interest to do that. But um, again, I don't know how extensive a catalog of what I have or what I listen to is on there, but no, it's, it's, it's very much for me. It's that kind of, it is that ownership. I mean, I have CDs also because I play them in terms Mm -hmm. of uh, for when I do shows, you know, I, the CDJs and and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I don't, so I, I need them in that respect, but no, I think if you took radio and everything out of the equation, I think I would still be obsessive enough to want, that cd hard copy and i don't i don't specifically i enjoy it but i would love to not be to have that attachment because i'd save quite a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, i don't particularly you know, if buy. i can pick we want you to I buy know, but i just can't <laughs> i can't switch off sometimes you know and it's it's hard to listen to radio because that obsession is like if i hear something i'm like well, what's that I need that. What is that? <laughs> so oh, it, it, yeah. it, it just goes from there. Yeah. yeah. And so, it gets yeah. quite extensive because it's not just the song. It's who's that artist. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that artist. You look them up. They have three albums. Then you go, no. <laughs> <laughs> three more. There's, there's a com- Come on. Exactly. It's a completist yes. aspect of it. So thankfully I'm patient, but it all adds to torture <laughs> in the end. <laughs> I'm not like I have an issue where I just buy, buy, buy. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, I am. I think actually not having record stores around me have um, broken me of that. Oh, I see. That's a great point. <clears throat> um, because I don't have that. So uh, I get it from it, – it, there's a good and a bad to that because the good is my pocketbook, but the bad is – I would go in and, and stumble across other music that I wasn't going to even think about purchasing. Um, to your point, yeah, I'm a completist too. If I like an artist, I like to go back and get their music as much as I can, just so I can be familiar with the work they've put together. But, and that's the thing too, right? Cause now when you look at a CD online, I don't have to get every song. I can just get the songs I like. Right. So that's kind of right. different with, with it's, it's, Oh, it's how people grew up with music too. And you're right about the collection because I don't know how much of what I would consider old school, my parents' music is in Spotify. Like if I try and go back and get the oldies, are they even right. there? What I deem oldies and they're probably deeming my music as oldies. So this that's another <laughs> whole conversation. But <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Wait, that's my music on there. Yeah, you can get the oldies. Wait, that's my music. So, wait. Um, I'm just trying to think, like for for like my nieces and nephews, for your children, how they're going to grow up. And I didn't think they'd even see a cassette, but now you you've given me, you know, they may. Who knows? Where, yeah, you know? they they might if if they get right? into really niche record labels and you know things like that, then they absolutely could end up with cassettes uh, i don't know how easily it is to even buy those like except player so you better anymore. keep that in storage I can't, that might be i know i'm gonna have to yeah i've actually i've i've i i when i do these i i i set up shop in the kitchen and uh-huh. i glanced over we have a like a little boom box and i incredibly there's a tape player on it yeah i had no idea <laughs> How old is this boombox? Oh my god! Oh, you better hold it, man. Don't put it out on YouTube. You may not get it back. I'll put it out on uh, (laughs) uh, eBay. You might be able to sell it, but I know. uh, Now I have to raid all those record labels and buy all the tapes. (laughs) Oh, oh no! Your wife's gonna be. I know. What did you listen to her for? No, we need that money. Let you have CDs, no cassettes, no cassettes. So, uh, <laughs> I think that's you know that's probably one of the reasons why people um, respect vinyl heads so much because of you know for me to say CDs or for us to say CDs are expensive, vinyl is expensive. Oh yeah, you know, I've met I've met a few people who I know I knew a guy um, who who was a real who he was a collector like full stop he he didn't he wasn't a little bit of a collector or okay. he wasn't someone that would buy occasionally he was a collector he was on watch lists <gasps> he was he had a list of things he wanted and he would spend hundreds hundreds every month on wow. just pieces of vinyl that you know he had just obsessed about 
and like he yeah like a full-on committed collector and those are you know people like that kind of fascinate me as well you know because sometimes you know I've met a few collectors it's just not even kind of about music it's just about literally collecting what you haven't got and that's always a fascinating perspective and you know um Sean who's one of our blue and green radio presenters he lives in Japan Mm. He, he's a he's not a collector but he is a, a he's a, 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 a strong vinyl junkie and he's he has to rein in his his purse strings a little bit because he spends quite a lot on per month on on vinyl oh. um, which is, um, yeah so I guess you it's a different level of commitment I think to be a vinyl junkie you know it is but they'll still make them right I wasn't I was shocked to, yeah. to learn that they're making the cassettes but yeah, that's. Does he mix with the vinyl, or is he just? Yeah, he plays out as well. Okay, yeah. so... and, and he he he'll bring the truck with him of oh, his uh, wow. crates and everything. So wow. yeah, he shows they're all vinyl only. Oh, as well, so he's he's all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout see. out to Sean Hyde. Yes, I give it to him. So Here's Hyde, the claps because you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know. Uh, to cr- do the crates. Wow. My, I did a yeah. huge dab to him. See, th- th- that's where I side with the digital medium. Cause the idea of, of having to do that one, it's the love. So you, I give him that. Um, and there's a texture and a quality and a sound that you get from vinyl. Again, it, unless you really get into these things, um, there's a, there's a texture to it. And I and I understand that from him. Um, mm. I mean, the people are just showing up to party. Hey, just you know, show up to party. So that's there's a, a different aspect <laughs> on that on the other side. But and it does set you apart too, in a way, because before vinyl was everything, and now it, it you know there's all these other mediums. So now you it's a niche. It's a big niche, but it's still that, right? Um, yeah it's incredible how things are evolving as you said it's um it's i don't know it's sort of it's i guess as a fan it's not necessarily something you have to stay ahead of the curve on mm -hmm. Uh, it's just that the options are 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 increasing for for us you know and how we consume our music and it's i guess it's also the same with how as a dj you present your music right as well the options are expanding constantly um so it's it's and it's something that i don't think it's anywhere near completely evolved in i think it's going to continue yeah and and so we we come for full circle with this coding how you're and and to their part i'm mixing something that someone else created versus they're doing this creation themselves and so that i have to give um respect to that craft and uh the skill that they're developing i just just don't lose sight of the connection with your audience would be my only request. And, and hopefully people don't just come to listen to music to stand around. It's good music. <laughs> it's the, no, I mean, uh, but you know, no, I you completely agree. To, You're right. To, with the... and, and, and I mean, let's look at, at, at your site, right? This is 21st century funk music or soul music. Let me be more exact. What, what, your purpose for starting um, the site and the music that ties in or, or blends well, the different genres that we give you to that. So if somebody says, Hey, I want what's 21st century soul music, boom, your site comes up and you know, they get to be touched by that. Um, I, I want that music when people listen to it, they feel it, they wrap it around them, they move with it, it moves them and they enjoy it, right? Um, I want that connection still. That's that's the thing for me. Mm. Perfect and beautifully put again. So on that note, uh-huh. uh, as you know, we end each show with a, with a, with a closing number. Uh, may I ask, and and as a bonus, just for this episode only, uh-huh. not only will we play the song, but I will play it on the medium you choose. Oh no! <laughs> if you, <laughs> I, I oh. will stream it. I will put it on tape. I will. 
<laughs> you know what? For my selection, you you know what? You could actually do this <laughs> with my <Okay>. selection. <laughs> well, uh, may I ask what it is? Uh, we're gonna go with Prince's Computer Blue. So wow. I wanted to tie yeah, yeah. that in with this, right? You know, yes. Perfect. So that's I'm like when you, you did, did that, I'm like back to print. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. <laughs> I applaud you, and I thought that wasn't going to happen at today's show. But I know you've done it masterfully. Very good. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you pick the, the format for choice. <laughs> I might just. If you have this, if you have the cassette of of Computer Blue, ah, I'm in awe of you right now. Okay. <laughs> well, I well, even if I, I I don't, but if I did, I have no idea how to put it onto this. So <laughs> I would probably just. <laughs> yeah. No. I know, Full disclosure: but... it may just be the MP3. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll let you slide this one time. Okay. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> Computer Blue, perfect pick to close the uh, the show today. Wonderful. Thank you so much, dude. All right. You have a great evening, okay? Excellent. And I look forward to next month as well. Thank you. Me too. Wendy? Yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? Yes, Lisa.
time we learned love and lust. They both have four letters, but they're entirely different words. Little naked ground 